Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think, and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're asking the question, is it dumb to buy a house when the market's hot? So in our lives, oftentimes, we make some really dumb mistakes. But we want to make sure that today, after listeners listen to this episode, that they're not going to make a dumb decision when it comes to purchasing a home. We're going to answer the question today, if it makes sense, if it's dumb, to purchase a home today, given how hot the market is. I think we've got a lot of listeners today who might be asking that very question. So I'm excited to get to that one today. Yeah, man. There's a, there's a lot of questions that pop up into people's minds. One, whether they should even be considering buying a home. We'll cover that. And then two, like if you're like, no, I'm really interested despite the high prices. Uh, there are some different ways you need to go about the, the purchase of a home. Like buying a home has changed a lot in the past 10 years. And so you need to react accordingly if you do want to buy a home in this market. We'll kind of give our thoughts on the whole kit and caboodle today on the show. That's right, dude. But first, I wanted to uh, talk about my no penalty CD. So about a year ago, we answered 
a listener question who was asking about certificates of deposit and whether or not it made sense to uh, to jump on those. And given the dropping interest rate that banks were paying out, we said that yes, it was a good idea. Uh, and that's actually some advice that I took myself. Uh, I realized that man, I had this chunk of money sitting there in my savings account, and instead I could put it into a no penalty CD uh, in order to earn a little bit more money. Joel, it turns out you and I were right. Rates did continue to drop, and I was able to earn 1.3% over the last year on that chunk of money. It's a whole lot better than what everyone else was earning yeah. in their piddly savings accounts. But the downside now is that that CD has matured. But one of the options that Ally had presented to me was that it was it could automatically roll over into a new penalty-free CD uh, at point. Five percent, <laughs> which isn't nearly as good. I mean, that's it's kind of a bummer when you were earning one point three, and now they're like, "Oh, we'll, we'll give you, you know, point five. That's not something I'm interested in." Uh, so it got me looking around online a little bit, uh, and I found uh, an account, dude, where I could easily slide over fifteen thousand dollars, so a, a chunk of my emergency fund. Uh, and if you leave that money there within that account for sixty days, they're paying three hundred bucks. And so I did the math, and that's actually two percent on that money over those sixty days. That's pretty good. That's yeah. 2% over 2 months. I mean, it's way better than 0.5% over 12 months, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, and I'm guessing you found that on the website doctorofcredit.com, which does an amazing job yeah. detailing all of the best savings accounts, sign-up bonuses out there. Yeah, that's right, man. They've got like 60 different options out there that are state-specific, so they're incredibly thorough. We'll link to them in our show notes. But yeah, for folks out there who have an emergency fund and you don't expect that you're going to need it anytime soon, a no-penalty CD might be a way to go, but also might make sense for you to consider another bank. A lot of the different online institutions are offering these sign-up bonuses. Uh, and Joel, like you found, you actually signed up for one of these accounts, I guess, last year or a couple years ago. Yeah. And you liked it so much that you kept the account. And so that's actually an account that you use. And so, I don't know, it, it makes me feel better about taking advantage of certain bonuses because there's, you know, we're human. There's a chance that we might be swayed by that offer and stick around. They might win is, you over through great service and just like a wonderful website and, or something like that. And that's exactly what they want, right? Yeah. Like they know there's going to be some folks who are, who are there for the easy money. That may or may not be me. We'll see. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, if you like the company, you might stick around, and that's what they're going for. They're looking for new customers. That's right. So, all right. Well, congratulations on being able to make more. I know that was probably a bummer. Like three hundred bucks. The CD Not ends, much. and you're like, no, like yes, <laughs> you don't want that to end because you can't get anywhere near that certainty of an interest rate. Right. Yeah. And it, it was an eleven month CD, and so I've never before had eleven months go by so quickly. <laughs> I was like, no, I want to continue to earn that. Right. Uh, but my time is up. Well, I'm glad you found something else that is is going to, you know, at least for the next couple of months pay you decently well on that money. But all right, Matt, let's get to the beer that we're having on this show. This one's called Rhyming Numbers. And the nice folks over at the 8th State Brewing Company donated this beer to the show. It's a really fascinating beer. It's got a ton of different ingredients in it. We'll kind of let you know all that's in the beer and give our thoughts on it at the end of the episode. But for now, let's get to the topic at hand. We're asking the question, is it dumb to buy a house when the market's hot? And, and Matt, like the housing market is obviously drawing a lot of attention right now. It's the subject of a lot of headlines. Asking prices are at all-time highs. Bidding wars have become regular, even normalized. I mean, I think more than half homes that went on the market, there's essentially multiple offers on it. And then the, the seller's in just an awesome place to start asking those buyers to compete against one another. And you know, some people have been saying that we're in a housing bubble that's likely to burst, while other people are, are basically saying that this mania surrounding housing is probably going to last for even a few more years. So, you know, what do you do if you're one of the folks who are interested in settling down in buying a home in the near future? It's a tough position to be in, but you and I were going to do our best to offer 
some advice so that folks don't make a reactionary move based on like this feeding frenzy, essentially, that could you know hurt you financially for years to come if you make a bad decision. Yeah, folks are starting to wonder if buying a home in today's market is a good idea. Dude, especially if you're a first-time home buyer. If that's you, you might be wondering if it's different right now than when the market isn't so hot. And, and yeah, certainly a lot more stressful today than it was 10 years ago. It's, but this doesn't mean that you shouldn't consider buying a home right now. Uh, but when the competition is incredibly stiff, you're going to need to modify your approach some. And so all the tips, all the things that we're going to mention later on in the episode are things that you can implement regardless of what the market looks like. But it's definitely something you're going to need to implement today. It's something that you're going to need to do now. It's certainly less optional. Yeah. All right, man. I'm going to throw in a little sports reference here. Um, yeah. I, I still like baseball, even though I don't watch it nearly as much as I used to. But it, it makes me think of like a batter coming coming to the plate and and guess who's pitching today? A knuckleball pitcher. But nobody throws the knuckleball anymore. I, th- I don't even know if there's anybody in the major leagues that throws a knuckleball. But basically, it's like this really weird pitch. That's where that you punch the ball at the batter, right? Basically. With your knuckles. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like a super <laughs> awkward way of throwing the ball. But when it's headed towards the plate, it's, it's going way slower. So you think it'd be easier to hit. But because of the way it's thrown, it has this weird spin that you almost can't predict. Um, and so it might migrate like to the left or up or down. Like You, you don't really know where it's going. It's kind of like a mystery flavor pitch. <laughs> exactly. So it's one of those things where you know the fundamentals that you learned as a hitter you still have to implement those things but you got to change your strategy in order to actually get hits off that knuckleball you're probably not going to be swinging for the fences you're probably going to try to poke through a single and i think you know there's a, a similar reaction that buyers are going to have to have in this environment like buying a home still has a lot of things that hold true but your strategy is going to have to change um, and, and yeah each market is different too right like the, the median home price has gone up 17 percent year over year so it's been just a huge spike in prices all across the nation, while the hottest markets have actually seen price increases outpace even that amount. And so it's been been really difficult if you're in one of the markets that a lot of people are interested in right now. But will the market cool off anytime soon? That remains to be seen. It's always hard to predict things like this. I mean, it would have been almost impossible to even predict that housing prices would have shot up at this pace a year ago, too. I don't remember anybody predicting that the housing market was going to be this bonkers. Part of that is due to COVID and household priorities changing super quickly. And it makes intuitive sense, I guess, that individuals and families are prioritizing single-family homes more than they did 18 months ago when you've been locked in your home uh, to a large extent over over the last you know more than 12 months now. People are prioritizing their living spaces in a different way. So, yeah, how long this housing boom is going to last is is really anyone's guess. But to me, it doesn't make sense that, that it might continue to last for a while to come. Yeah. So let's dig into why it's so difficult right now to buy a home uh, and kind of what got us here. Let's talk about why the market is so hot. You know, in any market where you have sellers and buyers uh, with transactions occurring, you have supply and demand, and that is determining the cost, right? And we have seen demand go up for a number of reasons, but one of those is definitely due to the uh, the pandemic, like you mentioned, and lockdowns. We've been in our homes more since last year, and because so many folks are now working out of their house, more space has become a, a priority, and so that's definitely true for buyers. Uh, but we're also seeing that too for uh, you know with renters as well. That's right. Yeah, man. Even just as a small-time landlord, I've met a lot of folks, Matt, moving out of Midtown or downtown Atlanta who have been in a small studio or one-bedroom apartment or condo, and they're looking for more space. Like My sister was kind of in, in that exact position. She was in a studio with her husband, and it turns out that uh, those conditions aren't conducive to two people working at the same time <laughs> and also living in that place. And so, yeah, they've moved over into our neck of the woods. They're in a, a 2-2 right around the corner now, so they can live together in peace and harmony without you know, 
killing each other <laughs> as I think some people are starting to do in small spaces like you know back to back essentially working at desks in a small space they just um, you know a lot of people have different needs now in a home than they did before right yeah absolutely dude also too because of you know lockdowns and turbulence in the job market you know a lot of folks have been spending less money overall uh, we've seen a lot of households getting out of credit card debts uh, over the past year and dude this has allowed a lot of folks to build up solid down payments you know folks have more cash on hand than they ever had before uh, and then on top of that stimulus checks for many have only increased their ability to put down more money towards the home and so you know if you didn't get laid off and your income stayed the same all the while you're spending less money, you might have had an extra $10,000 fall into your lap thanks to the CARES Act, uh, the other acts. I, I can't even keep up with them all, honestly, at this point. But and if you've got 18 kids, you've got way more than that. <laughs> you've got a ton of money. <laughs> you're also going to need a bigger house. That's true. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you don't have 18 kids. I don't know how you'd even take care of that many. I've got three and that's that's a lot to take care of. I was talking to my daughter and she's in like music class. They're learning about like different uh, composers, I guess. And she was she told me that Bach had like 20 kids. Oh my gosh. She told me that the other day. I don't know if that's true, but he had like seven kids first and then he had like 13 more <laughs> with like another wife. All right. Uh, I'm going to uh, you know look into this. I'm going to look up Wikipedia. I'm not Bach, sure if that's but, true, but that sounds interesting. That's a lot of kids. It's something I want to definitely want to know more about. Bach would have gotten a lot of money <laughs> if uh, he were alive today. That's true. Also too, Matt, I, mean, I feel like you know when we're talking about the housing market, Democrats Graphics are a big part of why so many folks want to buy a home oh, right now, yeah. too. And, you know, 54% of Americans between the ages of 25 to 34 say they plan to buy a home. And among that same age group, 48% say they plan to do it in the next 12 months. And that was according to a study by Fortune magazine. That's an entire generation of people that are approaching the stage in life where purchasing a home essentially becomes more and more attractive. And so for a lot of those people, I, you know, I think there were headlines years and years ago that predicted that millennials wouldn't be a homeowning generation. But I think even they want to own a home. That part of the American dream still remains alive. And and I understand that. And so I think because of the demographics, that's another reason the, the housing market might continue to remain hot for you know the foreseeable future. Yeah, I feel like also too, the same headlines years ago said things like, no, nah, millennials don't want to buy a home. They just want to travel. Well, guess what? This is another pandemic-induced reason that's true. Uh, for millennials to kind of yeah change their tune a little bit. It's like, okay, no longer can you do the things that you truly valued. Maybe you prize that nomadic lifestyle, the ability to, you know, live in a small apartment uh, and then spend all your money elsewhere on experiences, on travel. But when you can no longer do that, it, yeah, it causes some introspection. Then you maybe start to change your values a little bit. Also, too, some of the folks that live that hardcore nomadic lifestyle, maybe they got tired of it. At least some of them. Yeah, that is true, man. Yeah. How long do you want to live in a van? <laughs> maybe so, for 10 years? Sure. But like beyond that, I don't, I mean, I couldn't do it much longer than that. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Even that sounds long <laughs> to me, but like, I, I understand the appeal of it, but then it probably does wear thin after a while. That's true. Uh, so yeah, so we're talking about demand, right? Dude, institutional investors, they are also now your competition if you're looking to uh, to buy a house, right? So Wall Street, they got into single family homes uh, after the housing crash of 2008. They they bought up a bunch of cheap homes as the market was re recovering. And those institutional investors are still buying, meaning that you aren't just competing against other, uh, you know, quote unquote, normal home buyers. You're competing yeah, against the family down the street. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're competing with firms <laughs> that have millions or billions of dollars that they're looking to expand their, their holdings and their portfolios with. You know, as the Wall Street Journal reported last month, there are potentially even 
other foreign governments who are looking to purchase up real estate in the U.S. So yeah, you with your limited finite amount of resources, your bank account with a certain amount of cash in it, you're at a disadvantage when you're competing against the likes of a giant investment conglomeration like that, right? Yeah, or a prince from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, he's going to come out on top, right? <laughs> so I'm sorry, you were outbid. Oh no, by a prince from another country. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it does make you feel maybe a little bit better about it. I get it. Why did he want this th- three bedroom, two bath though? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's an investment. Exactly. But uh, yeah, I think too, Matt, that, that's the demand side, but supply has also gone down too, right? Uh, like fewer people are putting their homes up on the market for sale. And if you took a, an econ class in high school, you know the basic fundamental principle of supply and demand. That's like economics 101 right there. And when there's less supply out there, we are, of course, going to see prices on the rise. That's definitely been the case. And again, part of the reason is that COVID-19 was a scary thing for a lot of folks, and especially people with health conditions. Many weren't interested in having strangers walk through their house, of course, right? And, and if, even if they were kind of interested in selling, and as more of the country gets vaccinated, I do think we're going to begin to see more supply. And that will at least help alleviate some of the like red-hot market insanity. That's right, man. Everyone is excited to get back to their normal lives. We're talking about supply. Dude, new construction is still down as compared to uh, the pre-Great Recession levels. We are currently still short millions of homes on the supply side. And although builders have been, been doing well in recent years, we still don't have enough builders to, to keep up with the demand that's currently out there. And just like you said, when the supply is low, that's only going to drive prices up. Yeah. And another thing that hasn't helped builders out is is that lumber prices have skyrocketed during right. the pandemic. So, you know, the, the astronomical lumber prices have added close to $25,000 to the cost of a building a typical single family home and then like $10,000 per apartment unit that's going online. Uh, and that was according to the National Association of Home Builders. That just makes it harder for builders to get the raw materials it takes to get those homes built. Supply shortages sometimes means that you've got workers who aren't able to work while you're waiting for that. lumber to come in. So yeah, I expect some of those supply issues to be worked out in the coming years, but but some of them are going to take even longer. And yeah, when you look at the fact that, like you said, new construction is still way down than what we were seeing in like 2006, um, that just impacts everybody's ability to buy an affordable house today. That's right. And so, yeah, we just addressed all the different reasons why it is that the, the housing market is so red hot currently. But right after the break, we're going to touch on a number of different things that you can do to ensure that you get the house that you want to get uh, and to make sure, too, that you're thinking about it properly. And so we'll get to all of that right after this. I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about. Getting your books together with uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes, for instance. That's something we've been in the middle of. But it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000. 25 and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. 
There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. (laughs) Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. All right, we're back from the break. And, And if you're interested in buying a house right now, 
you've probably been put off by the the high home prices. You might have even put, placed a couple of offers, and it turns out that somebody bid thirty thousand dollars over what you um, offered, even though maybe you even offered above asking price. Like that's how crazy things are right now. And hopefully, you know what we just talked about helped you see you know why things are as nutty as they are. And hopefully too, you know some of those things will start to shift in the coming months so that things do get back into like a little bit more of a normal state. But let's talk about Matt what people need to do if they're attempting to make an offer, if they're attempting to buy a home in this market and and maybe even whether or not they should be, right? Like I think the first thing that people need to know if they're planning to buy a home in this crazy market is to be prepared to stay in that home that they're buying for a minimum of seven years. That's kind of something that we've always said as a rule of thumb when right. buying a home. And, and you know that's because the transaction costs of buying and selling homes are just kind of ridiculous. Like it's really expensive to buy and sell a home. You know, we're talking about closing costs, agent fees, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's even more important, I would say, when prices are at all time highs to make sure that the home that you're buying is one that you're going to hold on to for, for quite a while. Yeah. Before it was like a minimum of seven years. Now it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe seven plus yeah. <laughs> years that you, you would want to hang on to that house for. But yeah, let's go ahead and talk more about how to go about buying a home while the market is yeah making it harder to do so right now. And the first thing that we want to mention uh, is for you to get an experienced agent. Dude, a solid agent uh, with a lot of experience under the belt can help sort of act as a Sherpa, as a guide for you uh, as you kind of navigate through the ups and downs of trying to buy a home in a frothy market like we're currently seeing. They can help you to avoid some of the pitfalls that others might be making uh, in their angst to own a home. And so you're going to want to find a great agent who has solid negotiation skills, someone who is easy to communicate with. But uh, a good experienced agent will also be honest with you uh, and will help you to kind to navigate those emotional waters because there's no other asset that we own that we're more tied to than our homes, right? Like it's something that we move into. We see ourselves there. We see ourselves raising our family, our kids there. It kind of becomes a, a part of who we are as people. And that can cause us to make some decisions that may not financially make the most sense for us. Oh yeah, for sure. I think that's, that's definitely true. And and I think we're seeing that now is maybe some people getting in over their head, buying more than they actually should be. And it's partly a reactionary thing, right? And, and I think a good agent can help you to avoid emotional decision-making. It's easy to lose out on three or four homes and, and then inwardly you resolve I'm, I'm going to get the next one but that might not be the best thing for you right like fool me once or twice or four times <laughs> never again <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, then you overpay and yeah. you regret it and you don't you're like happy that you're in this home but you're like i don't even know if i can actually afford this home now because i made an offer that i can't actually back up and like so we would say that you need to set some parameters that you've outlined with your agent early on and then refer back to those consistently it can be easy to see your standards slowly and incrementally change as you're looking for a place too so you have to make sure that your line is drawn it can e- it can be easy to to start looking at homes and you know you're content with a two bedroom two bath and then things start to creep up and you're like well, we might want that third bedroom <laughs> and maybe we want you know this or that and you you start adding features onto the home you're looking for that increases the price and so, yeah, it's, it's kind of like coming up with an investing plan and sticking to it. You probably need to come up with a plan of the kind of home and the location that you're looking for and, and be willing to stick to that, too. That's right. Yeah. So having an experienced agent is really important uh, in today's market. Also, dude, getting pre-approved, making sure you have your finances lined up is a really important step, we think, before you even start to go look at homes. But we also think it's really important to know what you are willing to spend 
not just what the bank is willing to approve you for. True. Yeah, it should likely be less <laughs> than the full amount uh, that a bank or credit union says that you can afford. You don't want to become house poor with that mortgage payment, straining your budget every single month. Um, but having that pre-approval letter lined up along with uh, proof of funds that you're going to need to have for that down payment are going to be really helpful in today's market. It's true. It's part of making a stronger offer is having pre-approval and having proof of funds that you actually have money in order to back up that offer. And Matt, too, yeah, I would say right now, another thing people need to pay special attention to is their credit score. If they want to make an offer on a home and they actually want to get it accepted, because at the same time, prices are skyrocketing. It's becoming tougher to get a loan. Like The lending standards have gone gotten even tighter in recent months. So your credit score matters a whole lot right now when you're getting a mortgage. It always has, but but it means even more these days. So keep track of your credit score on sites like Credit Karma or CreditScorecard.com. Those are two great places to look. Or just your credit card, probably when they send you your bill, you, you have the ability to check out your credit score for free too. Wherever you get it, just make sure you're kind of keeping an eye on it. Also too, in particular, if you're in the market to buy a home right now, pay your bills on time, religiously, and then don't take out any unnecessary lines of credit in the months before you intend to start making offers. If you do that, you're going to potentially hurt your credit score at the time you need it the most, at the time that you need it to secure the best possible financing rate. And then not having a good enough credit score, one, it could mean that you pay a higher interest rate, and that could be thousands of dollars over the life of the loan, or it could mean not getting that house altogether. So credit score, crucial right now. Yeah, the credit score is important, but even taking out another loan or an additional line of credit like a credit card could throw off your debt-to-income ratio enough to where yeah, the bank or that lender would then say, sorry, uh, you no longer qualify. Um, at the very least, you're going to have to go through a lot of paperwork writing out those uh, letters of explanation as to what it is these cards are, and they might even ask you to close some lines of credit or credit cards. Joel, something else that we'd recommend for folks to do when it comes to looking at houses today is to consider lowering your expectations. <laughs> you know, the, like the perfect house, it's always going to be tough to find, but getting the exact home that you've dreamed of is even more difficult right now. There's, you know, like 82 other people out there who also <laughs> think that the home that you really want uh, is going to work for them. So you might need to be willing to buy a home that doesn't check all of the boxes. It makes me think of actually on Monday, we talked with Troy and Rashad uh, and they kind of mentioned that was my big takeaway from that episode, the 4321 approach. I feel like this is sort of a variation on that. You know, don't think about purchasing your perfect little house that you you know that you're, that's going to work for you for the next five to ten years or whatever. Now, think of it as something that you're going to hang on to indefinitely. It can be a house that you purchase that you know isn't perfect, but if you're able to see it more as an investment uh, that can allow you to hopefully get on board with a house that's not perfect, but it's going to be a good home. It's going to be a home that can serve as an investment, and the cash flow that you're going to receive from that property can help fund the actual dream home that you're going to maybe purchase. Yeah, years down the line. So maybe stop looking for that single family home, start looking for that duplex, triplex, or even quadplex, you know, and that, and that can be better for your monthly budget and that can be better for your financial future too. I agree. I love the 4321. I thought it was like such a, such an awesome, such an awesome way to think about, you know, buying a house and investing in property for the future. Also too, Matt, like yeah, lowering your expectations is important because it's harder to get everything you want in today's uh, you know environment, but also you got to be on the ball with more than half of homes that are listed going under contract in a week or less You'll need to be checking the area that you're interested in, I would say every day, 
sometimes more frequently than once a day. And that's also too where a good agent can come in is if they are on the ball and they're feeding that stuff to you, it helps you to be on the ball. You know when things come active so that you can make an offer quickly. Sometimes things will come online on a Thursday and people make offers on Thursday and Friday and then it's done. Like they have accepted an offer by Friday night and it doesn't even last the weekend. And so if you're one of those people who needs a few days to really think about it, that's going to work against you in in today's market. You got to be on the ball and looking frequently is going to allow you to tune in with the market too. So you can spot a deal and be ready to pounce when it comes along. You're going to know when something's undervalued. If you're looking in a specific area for months on end and you're tuning in basically every day. Yeah. It's important to know that this is what the market looks like today though, right? Because I think for some folks, they may not want that. <laughs> and so it's important to keep in mind, you're going to have to kind of weigh the benefits and the, the downsides to purchasing a house in today's market. Are you willing to keep up with it that well? If not, you might find yourself uh, maybe overpaying because you're not able to pounce on that deal. So yeah, these are things to keep in mind before you found a house, right? Well, as you're searching for a home, but once you've found a home and you want to put an offer on it, you want to make sure that you make your offer look strong. And, and so finding out what the seller wants can help you to make that strong offer. If the seller, say, wants to, to stay in the home for a week, maybe two weeks after the closing, if you can write that into the offer, that can massively increase your chances of having an offer accepted. Uh, if a more immediate closing is the most important factor for them, submit an offer with a shorter due diligence period and a closing date that is sooner than you might uh, normally offer. And another thing too, increasing the amount of earnest money that you are willing to put down is another way to show the buyer that you are serious. Uh, if others are submitting offers with, you know, like say five thousand uh, dollars of earnest money, then submit yours with ten thousand dollars. That alone uh, can be a big check mark in your favor. And keep in mind, you know, you get that earnest money back if you terminate the contract while in that due diligence period. So it's it's not really something that is actually costing you more. You just have to have that money available. I feel like that's how you're going to be able to beat out the princes, like the foreign princes of this world, right? <laughs> is is buy bigger earnest money, right? It's like I've got five thousand more dollars, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think too, like one other thing, Matt, that's obviously really really important. How a lot of people are getting offers accepted right now is people making cash offers, and so that's just not possible for so many people. But there are a lot of investors, a lot of you know foreign entities that are willing to offer all cash on, on a home right now. And so I would suggest like if you do have the money in savings, even in an investment account, right? You can make a quote unquote cash offer, but you can reserve a financing contingency, right? Sellers know that a buyer with cash is far more likely to close on the home because a financing mishap won't get in the way. And if you have cash, even if you intend to get financing, making that cash offer with the ability to secure financing you know, during the process could really help you out. Basically, it's making that strong offer from the get-go. It helps you to avoid counteroffers and escalation. That's what you want to stay away from, where a seller says, I like your offer, but there's three others that are similar. Highest and best by Sunday night. Boo. Yeah, you don't want to be that in that sucks. position. Uh, that's when the emotions start to take hold and you offer 25000 more than you than you actually wanted to. <laughs> We're not going to let this one get away. Right. <laughs> so yeah, we would not recommend that, right? Uh, but submitting a video or a letter can make the difference for multiple reasons. First, it's an emotional appeal, but you know the seller often sees that as a sign 
that you really want the home. You know, so that means a greater chance of the deal actually going through. And since time is money in a real estate transaction, this you know this helps the seller know that they can kind of move on with their life if they accept your offer. They're not, you know, they don't have a new part-time job of trying to sell their house, yeah. uh, which is often the case. That's the worst thing as a seller is the contract falling through, having to put it back on the market, and it feels a little snake bitten. Other people are like, "Oh, was it a bad inspection? What's going on?" And and so sometimes yeah, that can cost a seller a lot of money. And so if you really love the house and you're you know you communicate that effectively to the seller, I think that's a really helpful way of getting your offer you know up to the top of the consideration list. Yeah. Also, too, Matt, there are some people that are suggesting to forgo having an inspection or forgo putting that in the contract that you have the right to an inspection and. I don't think that's a good way, though, <laughs> to move forward with your home purchase. You know, waiving that contingency might help you get under contract, but it might mean that you're buying a house that could potentially be a money pit, right? Inspections can reveal problems that you can't see with your own two eyes, you know, unless you are a general contractor or you have a ton of experience with houses. Um, you know, even personally, as someone who's bought half a dozen homes and, you know, is a landlord, has rental properties, I still get each one inspected. And so if, if it came down to that, I would say no way, Jose. Man, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to always uh, put that inspection contingency in there, and I'm always going to have an inspection done. And if anybody says that you should forego that in order to get this home, I think that's a step too far. It's something that I would not be willing to do. That's right. And also, too, you know, don't ask for a bunch of repairs to be done <laughs> within uh, the negotiating and within the uh, offer. Sellers are way less likely to make repairs or, or price concessions when the market is dramatically in their favor, but do keep these things in mind, right? Factor those necessary repairs into what you're willing to spend on the home. You want to get your foot in the door. You want to make sure that you're able to lock down this house, but at the same time, you don't want to end up out of pocket a ton of money uh, that you weren't necessarily expecting to, to spend. Yeah, and I don't think we're saying don't negotiate at all. I'm just, I think we're saying that it makes me think of negotiations with my children. I hold 95% of the sway in that, right? <laughs> like, they don't have much of a chance to get certain things by me. Like, dad, can we have like two more desserts? And it's like, no, and there's like zero chance that that's going to happen tonight. Is you getting more, you getting more dessert? And so I think, yeah, what, what you're going to do maybe in that process is annoy the seller. And so you have to, you have to be kind of like ginger with what you're asking for while you're you're in the negotiation process. You don't want to overstep your bounds because that's not the kind of market we're in. Yeah, this is another reason why having a great agent is going to allow you to come out ahead. So like we said, if you're purchasing a home, it's going to take a lot of mental bandwidth, a lot of emotional energy. But here's the thing, this isn't the only option that's available to you. And so if you're not willing to jump through all those hoops, right after the break, we're going to get to a few other options for you to consider. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned and sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, folks, it's Matt. 
I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. I got my first life insurance policy almost a decade ago. And hey, I'm still kicking it. I very much hope that trend continues, Matt. And since then, I've actually added coverage via Policy Genius. And if you out there, you're listening and you're worried that this is going to be a massive pain getting life insurance, think again. Policy Genius made it an incredibly easy process. If you have loved ones who rely on you and your income, Life insurance is a crucial part of your financial plan. Not only does it provide a financial backstop for your family, it also gives you peace of mind too. Plus, the longer you wait, the more rates go up because life insurance rates typically increase as you get older. So if this is something you've been putting off, it's time to make it happen now. That's right. Yeah, and even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, we're back from the break. We're talking about buying a home in a red hot market. And I feel like it is more difficult, Matt. We, we did cover a lot of ground about what potential home buyers need to think about and how the game's kind of changed essentially you know, over the past 10 years and especially in the, in the past year, year and a half as things have really heated up with a short supply people have to be on the ball and they have to be able to make um, able and willing to make a strong offer from from the get-go but they also have to have their personal finances in order um, to get the ball rolling with buying a home too but I think for people who maybe aren't willing to as you said before the break jump through all those hoops there are some alternatives to buying a home during a hot market you can actually sit this one out don't you think 
Yeah, man, that's certainly an option. You could consider waiting for more favorable market conditions. You know, this would allow you to save up uh, more dough for a bigger home budget while you wait for for prices to to chillax a little bit. But the problem, though, right, is that with this plan, there's no guarantee that the home prices will actually chill out and take it easy, uh, allowing you to execute that plan. There's there are certainly pros in that it might allow you to personally get in a more stable financial position. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the market is going to back down, uh, allowing for Lower prices in the future. True. Although I'd be surprised if you know the market continued at the same rate that it's been doing over the past year for the next year or two. I mean, you know, home prices that is true. going up forty percent year over year. Like that's that'd be um, it'd be unlikely <laughs> that that would continue to happen over the next couple of years yeah. each year. Right? Yeah, your home will be worth like one point five million by in like two years. <laughs> yeah, you're like your two bedroom one bath is now <laughs> just worth a ridiculous amount of money. But yeah, so I think another alternative to buying a home. During a hot market, you know, instead of taking part in the game, you said, you know, waiting for more favorable market conditions. Another reaction is to maybe move somewhere else, right? Like Austin is a specific city that maybe if you live there, but you don't have to live there, maybe it's a perfect opportunity to find a new location to to exist in, right? It's easier said than done, right? Like I, I'd prefer some of the other options, you know, than to to this option because I love where we live and it's it's not my intention to leave anytime soon. Family, community, friendships, like all those things are really important when you're thinking about where you want to live. But if owning a home is a priority for a lot of folks out there and you are flexible about where that house is located, I mean, moving even just a few months miles away from your ideal location could really change the pricing equation. And if you wanted to take it to an extreme, I mean, be willing to move to another state or city altogether. If you're facing extreme market conditions and extreme headwinds in buying a home where you currently live, like it might make sense to go elsewhere. You might find more buying opportunities just around the corner. Yeah, and I definitely see this as an option for folks who are a little bit younger, right? If you haven't uh, been, you know, in your career for very long, like maybe you've only recently gotten out of school, but maybe you haven't put down roots, and it is easier for you to potentially, you know, kind of uproot your very shallow roots and move somewhere that's maybe a little more affordable. That might also be true for people who are actually quite a bit older. Like I think sometimes for folks who are in the middle of their lives, like that's when you have the most roots or the most difficult moving. Like kids, that's why, dude. Schools, yeah, it's, it's that stuff <laughs> it's, really. It's kids and the roots that you put down once you kind of get involved. Involved and you get you get used to a, a certain neighborhood and and those friendships in particular I think are uh, more difficult to replicate elsewhere right yeah yeah and and if your kids are grown and, you know and they're off doing their own thing now maybe it's the perfect time actually if yeah. you're if you're older to move somewhere else too maybe, yeah. maybe even move closer to kids and grandkids and especially I mean given just the ability for folks to work from home right I mean never before have we been able to live wherever we wanted to uh, while still maintaining our jobs and so that's, that's certainly one of the effects of the pandemic a huge uh, amount of people. Who can do that for sure. Yeah. And, and one other <laughs> option, I guess we wanted to throw out there for folks, uh, and it's not going to be one that you're excited to hear if you've been looking uh, <laughs> at houses recently. Become a prince? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, no, not, not that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if, if Zillow, if you're constantly on Zillow and uh, buying a home is top of mind for you, you're not going to want to hear a say, but maybe you shouldn't buy a home at all, right? Renting is still going to be a better decision for a lot of folks. Rents have actually gone down in much of the country as single-family house prices have risen. And so if that's you, keep renting and save and invest your money for a time uh, when supply and demand are a little back in sync. And we're hardly even touching on the fact that owning your own place, uh, owning your own house or your apartment may not necessarily be in the cards given the lifestyle that you want to continue living, right? I mean, we, we talked about how the pandemic has caused maybe a lot of millennials to kind of relook at what it is that they want to spend their money on. But I mean, folks are getting back to traveling right now. Countries are opening up. Travel is becoming more a part of our lives again. 
And so don't let this temporary, although significant, uh, occurrence you know that we've had over the, the past year lead to uh, a permanent, or not permanent, you can always sell your house, <laughs> but lead to something that you, you might regret in a couple of years. Yeah, and that regret too can come with a high cost, especially if you're trying to sell a home a year or two after you bought it. Matt, we know too many friends and family members who have done that, and you know they end up hurting them if they didn't own the home long enough. It just doesn't give you enough time to recoup those costs. Right. And so let's offer a little hope too, Matt. I think because you know for those who feel like the home price insanity is going to continue in perpetuity, that's just not true either. Like we always find ourselves in cycles. Market cycles are a part of life. Supply and demand will get. Back in sync as builders ramp up to glean the profits or, or other people put their homes on the market as they see prices rising and they're like going for the cash grab. <laughs> and I truly think that even current homeowners are, are going to see the beauty in selling and renting for a while. Some people will see this. They'll say, why in the world would I not sell my home for $600,000 when I can rent in the same neighborhood for $2,000 a month? And that's actually the disparity, the true disparity in some locations. Um, you can you can rent a $600,000 house for $2,000 a month. If that's the case, it's going to make more sense to a lot of people to to start selling their homes. There will be more supply, but it's going to take time. And we've pretty much spent this entire episode talking about the demand side of the equation, but the supply side will inevitably respond accordingly until there's a balance. I mean, there is more incentive for home builders to ramp things back up as much as possible, and there is going to be more incentive for, you know, sellers to put their house on the market. So while this glitch is painful right now, if you want to buy a house like, you know, in the next year, it's not going to last forever. Yeah, and, and don't forget too that rising interest rates could cool things off. You know, we're not predicting an interest rate spike per se, but we are still near all time lows. And so and this has helped housing affordability. If interest rates tick up, that will likely cool off the rising prices because, you know, it's gonna hurt overall affordability. And so on one hand, I guess, you know, rates going up is a bad thing because that means you're gonna be paying more to the bank. But it's also it kind of balances out maybe a little bit because we might see prices come down a little bit in the future. Yeah, obviously housing prices in the last couple of years have been insane. And it stinks if you're in the market or if you want to be in the market to buy a house and you're like, I'm forced to sit on the sidelines. This is not even a choice. I cannot participate. And it can be discouraging, I think, if owning your home has been a big goal for you and your family. You've been saving for it for maybe even years now. But also at the same time, Matt, the mortgage rates you just mentioned, they do mean that affordability hasn't gotten as out of whack as I think a lot of people might think. They see the sky high prices, but you know, super low interest rates, you know, a 30 year mortgage in the twos, you know, is what we were seeing at the end of last year that made it so that people could afford to buy more home. And I think we need to reiterate, if you're planning to stay in the home that you're buying for seven years or longer, buying a home, even in the middle of this current madness, it's it's not a terrible idea, but you just got to make sure you follow some of the steps that we've discussed so that you don't, don't end up with six figures of buyer remorse or pull the trigger based on kind of an emotional reaction to what's happening now, wanting to get in before prices outstrip your ability to afford a home. That would be a bad reason to buy. And Matt and I, we continue to believe and we will continue to say on the show that renting is not throwing away money and it makes more sense for more and more people every single day as prices continue to just kind of shoot through the roof. Yeah, man, that's right. And hopefully with this episode, listeners are able to see that purchasing a home in today's uh, hot environment, it's not as simple as a yes or a no. There are a lot of different things that we need to take into account. Uh, but if you do want to purchase a home, there are a number of things that you need to keep in mind to make sure that you're successful at snagging that home. But Joel, now it's time for us to shift gears. Let's get back to the beer that you and I shared on this episode. This one was called Rhyming Numbers by the 8th State Brewing Company. Uh, and this was an imperial sour with lots of different things included uh, in this beer. What were your thoughts on it? 
All right. So, yeah, there was a ton of things in this beer. I will say when it, when we poured the beer, it looked like I was drinking pureed beet. And <laughs> and I will say I'm glad it wasn't pureed beet because I don't think I would have dug that. Dude, beets are good. Uh, I, yeah, I'm kind of so-so <laughs> on beets, personally. I'm glad you like them. Uh, uh, I love beets. Would you drink pureed beet? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but it, it didn't taste like that. It tasted like it had pineapples and cherries kind of kind of vibe going on also too some sweetness because there was marshmallows in this beer and then like it, the beer said there were pistachios in it i was barely getting any nuttiness in it but, but maybe just a hint but this beer really was like a kitchen sink beer they tossed a bunch of stuff in but this brewery the eight state out of south carolina they know what they're doing to such an extent that this was delicious yeah, like super good <laughs> eminently drinkable sour beer with a bunch of different flavors coming at you that just blended perfectly together yeah you mentioned pistachio that's one of the ingredients they have listed here we can all agree that pistachio are like the best nut out there right? oh yeah like I think, yeah pistachio hands down <laughs> there's no better nut than the pistachio but yeah it's interesting you mentioned all, cherry. almonds are close second Almonds are very good, yeah, but they, they still don't. Dude, if pistachios were as easy to eat as almonds, then I think pistachios would definitely win. You but need to you need to go my route and buy the pre-shelled you pistachios get pre-shelled? in the bag at Kirk, uh, at Costco, man. It's <laughs> it's a wonderful feeling. Uh, you mentioned cherry, and it's interesting because there's actually not cherry listed out on here, but it totally has cherry vibes going on. Uh, I feel like it almost has like this mold red wine kind of flavor profile going on. Like in my in my mind, there's like almost like warming spices uh, where it feels like a I don't know, just like a kind of blanket of a beer on your on your tongue as you drink it. And so the sour almost kind of has like stout-like qualities. Like, you know, you're kind of drawn to that heaviness. Uh, you're kind of drawn to that texture uh, maybe a little more in the in the winter or maybe even in the, in the autumn months. But you're typically looking for that with the stouts. And so to have that in a sour is actually, was to me, really unexpected, but at the same time, extremely delicious. I'm glad that you and I got to share this one. And a uh, big thanks to the folks out there at 8 State Brewing for donating this one to the show. No doubt. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. If you want to check out the show notes and links to anything that we mentioned on the this episode, just go to our website at howtomoney.com. That's right, man. So that's going to do it for this episode. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.